0: Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM-7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Chris Morris, the Director of Performance Science for the University of Kentucky and the Chief Scientific Officer for AIM-7. In this episode, we discuss mental fitness and how mindfulness is a powerful tool to interrupt the negative thoughts and emotions going on in your head. In addition, Chris discusses why over the next 20 years, mental fitness may be the most important type of fitness to develop. So now it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Chris, mindfulness is like all the craze now. There's a million apps out there for this, uh, to improve mental health. But you started looking at this, I think back in 2013, which is almost a decade ago, and you were investigating its use in athletes. What did you learn about how it impacts our ability to adapt to stress? And what can, what are your recommendations for the average person regarding how to use mindfulness?
1: Right. No, mindfulness has been around for quite some time. It's, it's really gained a lot of popularity uh, like you said, over the past 10 years, you know, I stumbled upon it because again, a lot of my research in athletes was on stress and adaptation with this just overarching theory that if I can reduce the amount of stress outside the training facility, that means I should have more gas to adapt to higher things inside the training facility, which means that lower stress athletes will have more stress to devote towards weight training and speed training. And therefore, they should have better results uh, in the weight room and in, uh, on the field. So when I started looking into this, mindfulness kind of kept popping up on you know stress reducing. So you start going down those rabbit holes and kind of like how I talked about earlier, there's two structures in the brain that are responsible for our stress reaction, which is the amygdala. It's a gatekeeper that basically tells the frontal lobe, like, hey, or the hypothalamus that yeah, this is pretty stressful and we need to react to it. Uh, and that's what activates the autonomic nervous system. So you know, along those same lines, it's my favorite quote from all my research days, was Hanselia. it's not the stress that kills us, it's our reaction to us. Uh, if you go to the power of habit, you can never remove a stressful situation. We can only change our reaction to it. Uh, you have to change the habit loop. So stress is gonna exist in life, always. Um, it's how we kind of respond to that. And this is where mindfulness comes in. It it gets us mindful of how we react and gets us mindful of our emotions in certain situations. And so the act of mindfulness basically will get you in a situation. I I use this example all the time. We had a long snapper, and you know, um, he, it kind of hit me. He came in after a long weekend and I was like, Hey, you know, Hey, how was your weekend? He's like, you know what? Chris, like I was at a restaurant and this server, like he was, he was just terrible. Like, you know, he didn't give me my like refills. Like he just kept going on and on for like 20 minutes about this service that he had on Friday night. And I was like, dude, you carried that through Saturday and Sunday and you're still getting upset. Like you get, he was activating his sympathetic nervous system. Just telling me this story he was holding and carrying on the stress. And so basically we, you know, we got him on um, Headspace. He did it three times a week and he gained 15 pounds of lean mass in one semester because he, what basically what happened is, is he became lowering his stress throughout the day, lowering his stress throughout the week and being able to apply that stress in the weight room. Specifically how it works is mindfulness works at the amygdala level. Your amygdala basically has a threshold of what stress is. And it's like, okay, hits that threshold, activates sympathetic nervous system mindfulness training the studies are showing that it increases gray matter in the hype or in the amygdala and it raises that threshold so i think from the most simple standpoint it a lot mindfulness basically makes us aware when stressful things are about to happen and then what do you do you go through this inhale exhale and you kind of like quiet that voice like hey this isn't worth activating my stress response um you do this all the time and you don't know that your body does it. If you ever been stressed and all of a sudden you let out this big audible exhale, that's your body's way of being mindful. And be like, dude, pump the brakes. Um, I do it all the
0: time. I'll notice that I'm holding my breath. Exactly. But and so your I, body's what, like, what am I doing? And it's like, okay, okay. Like breathe, you know, and you have to train yourself to do this or else you're going to yeah. pass out. And so,
1: yeah. And so the training becomes important. It's just, I, I honestly think, and, and the mental fitness and i'm using mental fitness because i don't like the word mental health because it carries a stigma i think mental fitness is going to be as important or more important than physical fitness in 20 years uh just by you know the athletes that i see and the things that are stressing them out and they're they're so simple they're simple minute things if we can get people to kind of focus in on like that's not stressful uh, you have to change their perception. And so I think mindfulness is going to allow guys and girls to realize that breathe and then, you know, bring everything back down uh, and focus on, all right, what is really, truly life-threatening? And, and I, do, I do this every week. I, this is an area that I struggle with when I start getting stressed about certain things. It's like, you know, I've got a good job. I've got a good house, good family, good kids. Like, I'm very well taken care of and then you breathe and then that stress no longer becomes as important or life-threatening.
0: Yeah. People ruminate. Um, and I'm a, I'm a good ruminator. It's something I've had to train myself not to do and I'm doing it more and more and more. Now I do mindfulness and I'm, I'm going to do a podcast on this down the line, but I do mindfulness as soon as I'm done exercising, Mm -hmm. Uh, I get into my car and I'll spend three to five minutes doing um, long duration exhale breathing, and it has dramatically impacted my ability to recover. And it's just I've tr- I try to find times throughout the day to practice mindfulness. And it's not like this Eastern thing where you're floating in your room. You can practice mindful eating. You can practice mindful showering where you're literally like I'm washing my hair. Like you're actually just bringing attention to this thing, and so it's. Uh, Dr. Haberl talks about this a lot. It's kind of two components, the breath work and the ability to harness your attention. And And then when you can bring clarity to the moment, um, it gives you a better filter. So yeah, really interesting, Chris. I like the idea of mental fitness.
1: Yeah, it, it's just, you know, my journey specifically is, you know, like physical, I, I've reframed my entire, just my entire workout regime. We'll say it that way. So 90 minutes a day, I'm devoting to self-care and that could be from physical to emotional to mental. And I I refer to it all as fitness because it's, you know, you're increasing your resiliency. You're increasing your adaptability. That's fitness. Uh, I don't like mental health uh, because of the stigma that it carries. So like I said, I'll I'll wake up and if it's a recovery day, I'm still getting a 90 minutes. So it's, it's a day of heavy journaling, meditation and cognitive behavioral therapy. So I'm still doing something that's putting me towards a goal. Um, It's just may not be physical that day. I really
0: like this. Um, We probably have to do another podcast on the cognitive behavioral therapy. I'd really love to go into all of that. Uh, I've been learning more about different types. There's somatic therapy, EMDR. uh, I think with the mental health revolution that's kind of going on right now. Like people are getting exposed to different things, but I really appreciate you going in deep on this with us. This is fascinating. If you found today's podcast valuable and you want to support the show, please leave us a comment and review on the Apple podcast app, because this is one of the best ways that you can help us spread the word about the blueprint. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.